there. Welcome back to another episode of the Messy Brain Club. My name is Ellie Flowers, and this is a podcast about ADHD and how it affects the lives of young adults like myself and others. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, the bright side of ADHD. I'm asking the question, what are the strengths of having ADHD? And I'm asking this because a lot of language around this disorder focuses on the negative aspects of ADHD. You know, the inability to focus, hyperactivity, the disorganization, and just all of the other symptoms that make our lives just a little bit more difficult to get through. And I was inspired to to cover this topic because, in my opinion, I think ADHD can have a lot of positive aspects as well as negative ones. Before I get into this, I do want to give a disclaimer here, and I kind of struggled to find the right words for it, so... This next section is kind of rambly, but please try to bear with me because it's important. ADHD is not this cute, quirky personality trait that makes people fun at parties, as opposed to what TikTok would tell you. And I am not trying to portray it that way by talking about its positive aspects. ADHD is classified as a mental disorder for a reason, okay? I'm creating this episode not to romanticize ADHD but to present the aspects of it that set us apart from others in a way that can actually be an advantage in some ways. Additionally, I think we can and we should work to mitigate our day-to-day ADHD-induced challenges, while at the same time we can also embrace our our unique strengths as a gift that non-ADHD people don't have. So, yeah, that's my disclaimer. I guess it wasn't actually that long. Um, But thanks for sitting through it anyway. No, that was kind of weird, but anyway, moving on. I'm very excited to say that I found a lot of resources speaking actually positively of ADHD in my research. One of them is a free download from Attitude Magazine called 25 Things to Love About ADHD, and it lists the following strengths, such as the drive of hyperfocus, always being there to provide a different perspective, being funny and having a bright personality, and joining the ranks of artists, musician, entrepreneurs, and other creative types of ADHD. Some of these people include Bill Gates, Simone Biles, Michael Phelps, Emma Watson, Thomas Edison, and a whole bunch of others. Additionally, a 2017 study published in the Journal of Attention Disorders by Natalie Boot, Barbara Nevicka, and Mathis Boss, titled Creativity in ADHD, goal-oriented motivation, and domain specificity found that when prompted with a reward, adults with ADHD were able to come up with more creative ways to use everyday objects than those without ADHD. Also, I apologize for the butchering of those names. That was, that was not pretty. Oops. Finally, an article from Healthline aptly titled The Benefits of ADHD describes people with ADHD generally being more spontaneous, which, I mean, like, That's usually we call it impulsivity, but sure, we'll give it that. Um, (laughs) Describes as being more spontaneous, energetic, and inventive than the general public. All of these resources are, as always, going to be linked in the show notes for you to peruse, along with a couple of other resources that I just kind of found. And so in today's episode, I am super excited to interview a close family friend, Karen Sunderhaft. She is a special special ed teacher in a public high school up in Cleveland, Ohio, that works really closely with kids with ADHD to get them and their families the academic support they need. 
Um, and oh yeah, she also used to write for Attitude Magazine, which is a super well-known publication within the ADHD community that spreads awareness and advice on all things ADHD. And it was actually one of the first places I turned to after my own diagnosis to learn more about my brain. She's amazing, and we had such an uplifting conversation that I'm really excited to share with you all. So I, I do truly hope this interview can help any ADHDers uh, maybe accept and maybe appreciate the bright side of ADHD just a little bit more. Enjoy. Okay, hi, I am Karen Sunderhaft. I am uh, she, her, and I work um, as a teacher uh, in a public school system in Aurora, Ohio. Can you describe a little bit more about how ADHD fits into your job kind of as a teacher and sort of how you got into this line of work? Absolutely. So I've been teaching for more than 20 years. Um, and I, I guess I'd like to say I kind of fell into it, but it's always been on my heart. Um, you know, becoming a teacher, you want to figure out the puzzle of kids and help them to learn and to grow both, you know, academically, but also social emotionally. And being able to do that is um, really, really important to me. I started off with just elementary education and um, philosophy major as well. And then I went into teaching for a little while. I actually ended up teaching preschool for a couple of years and then fell into teaching fourth grade all girls and then fourth grade all boys. I got that job right after I had my master's in, lear um, in education with a concentration in learning disabilities. And uh, when I started teaching at the all-girls school, uh, I was able to work with um, an awesome person who named, uh, his name is Dr. Michael Manos. He runs the behavioral health department over at the Cleveland Clinic here in Ohio. And he has was a tremendous mentor and I he had a wonderful program called the uh, summer treatment program through the Cleveland Clinic where we had an eight-week summer camp for kids with ADHD or ADD as their primary diagnosis it was very data-driven um, you know three grad students to to oversee each camper it was uh, very much uh, we learned a lot about the language of how to communicate best with students who have ADD or ADHD and also then to share that same language with their parents so that there was a comprehensive change. You know, the kid was really growing and changing during the day um, and also being able to have that same language uh, at home that was very comprehensive and making a lot of changes. And so that was great. And I really loved that end of the spectrum of just, you know, kids with some learning disabilities and adding in the piece of ADD, ADHD. And then I went and got my gifted classroom endorsement um, because where I teach now they do an excellent job of having a, what we call twice exceptional kids in the classroom mm -hmm. kids who are uh, gifted and talented in a lot of areas but also maybe challenged by um, autism or ADD or ADHD and so I feel like I get to um, have more information at my disposal to really meet my students where they are and move them forward. Yeah, that's so cool. That's also so, I thought it was so cool how um, the parents are also included in that program of, there's an equal emphasis of educating the parents on how to parent a kid with ADHD as well. Um, yes. That's just mm -hmm. such a cool thing. Yeah, that's what I think makes, that's the key that makes it work. And then uh, after two years of doing that, another colleague of mine from there, uh, we added in the piece of, you know, here this kid is changing over the summer 
and really growing and their family life is changing for the better for them. And then they're going to go back into the same setting when school starts in a place where people have preconceived notions of who you are and and have put you kind of in a box. And even though you burst out of that box, um, it's hard to go back to that old setting. So we added that extra piece in of communicating with the schools and sharing with them the language, the progress, Mm -hmm. Um, and how to manage behavior like uh, with a daily report card or whatever mm -hmm. that was more positive for the for the student in their relationship with their peers and their teachers and academics. Yeah, that's all, and that makes so much sense because I guess you kind of think about it. You know, if you give a person all of this training on here's how to manage this, here's how to make sense of the world around you in the way that people kind of expect you to, mm -hmm. but you put them back in the, to those same circumstances is kind of, you know, the definition of insanity, just doing the that's same right. thing over and over with expecting different results. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's such a cool take on that. It was great. And then from my, my the only other thing I would add is, you know, from my work uh, with Dr. Manos and, and the summer treatment program, we ended up doing a lot of talks um, in Ohio, in um, other states, um, answering call-a-thons uh, for people helping, you know, my perspective as a teacher. Uh, they had doctors and nurses and things. And then from that, I started writing for um, an excellent source called Attitude Magazine. And that was great. I worked, wrote for them for about eight years. And um, that was great because it really allowed me to focus on um, students with ADD and ADHD, which was um, really great. Yeah. That was so cool for me to learn too, because I've, you know, I we mentioned I mentioned this when we talked previously, but I've like used Attitude, um, that magazine, as not only a resource for this show before, but I also used it as like my own personal resource when I was kind of doing my research, like investigating is this something I want to talk to my doctor about, like. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, I didn't even have any idea that you had written for them. So Yeah, that's, so fun. That's so cool, Karen. It yeah. Feels weird. It feels weird calling you Karen, by the way. Oh, don't so feel weird. <laughs> I've I'm been so... blessed to know you a long time and um, just so happy to be here with you. I know. I'm so used to calling you like Mrs. Sunderhalf, just like as yeah. a family friend or whatever. <laughs> right. So it's like right. funny. It's like, so we're kind of talking about, you know, the, I guess, sort of the positive aspects of ADHD and this episode just because I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of emphasis on how it negatively impacts people's lives. And while that's absolutely right. true, right. I think it's important to acknowledge that there are also some things that maybe give people like certain strengths. Um, absolutely. So I guess with that being said, what would you say is kind of your favorite part about working with people with ADHD? Yeah, I mean, I think that's such a valuable uh, place for us to have a conversation because having to the opportunity to focus on the positive is so important because there's so much uh, emphasis on the negative and um, you know I we I mean it affects self-esteem and um, your ability to you know understand yourself unless you see both sides you know mm -hmm. um, and I think you know I did you know resurrected some of the things that I've written and other things that I've I really believe you know I just think um, you, I think just, just looking at it, the whole perspective of what it is from a different different point of view, just like you do in English class, I teach mm -hmm. English, and, and it's a different point of view, really changing the narrative where you're like, okay, um, yeah, maybe sitting at a desk all day, and that's hard, but, mm -hmm. but you're not, if you're an ADHD person, you're not, or an ADD person, you're not someone who's a linear thinker, 
and we need more of those. We need somebody who's creative, out of the box, problem solver, uh, somebody who looks at something from a different angle because we need you in this world. We need, um, we have bigger problems, we need better solutions and usually, you know, this kind of get over, gets overlooked because a lot of kids who are struggling with focus and attention might miss some of the instruction you get in school and depending upon where you are on the continuum of it and if you miss some things and you have gaps in your learning then you're struggling and so what might be maybe just a little delay in your learning can um, expand into into a, a difference or a disability in a way that you feel challenged where you're like oh, i missed that and it, and it could be from even though even learning those sound symbol relationship for when you're little to just you know for not knowing missing a formula or a step in a math equation you know but mm -hmm. being able to um to really understand that you know you can really focus on the good part and um and understanding that you have you know a, a, you're a highly compassionate person you are um highly intelligent you know even though you feel like you might have this learning challenge you you're smart you are you have that shouldn't be in question but it often gets questioned um you know i have some notes here positive traits you're usually people are energetic and mm -hmm. fun Felt uh, that. Felt that. Yep. Check, check. <laughs> right. Creative. Uh, divergent thinkers. Um, risk takers can sometimes seem like on the impulsive end where you're like, oh, hey, they're always taking a risk. But mm -hmm. uh, great job taking a risk because you instead of living kind of the safe, you know, don't rock the boat area, you want to be people who are um, who are disruptors in a yeah. good way, you know, yeah. um, compassionate, inventive, inquisitive. Um, outgoing always kind of i think um because people like to i think being out in nature and this you know this is going to be different for everybody but um observant mm -hmm. full of ideas um really i find a lot of my add friends are very compassionate sensitive people more so than others and i think mm -hmm. it's born out of struggle and challenge you know they kind of get it and you know things didn't always come easy to them so they're you're pretty resourceful and you're going to be um, kinder to others when others maybe haven't been very kind to you. Yeah. So um, those are kind of my big things. Yeah. It's funny. You're, I mean, you're kind of like talking about all of these traits and stuff. And I mean, obviously I'm biased, but it's yeah. kind of funny. Like you're talking about all these traits. So I'm like, wow, a lot of these are the same traits that, you know, I really like about myself, which is absolutely funny. I mean, especially the, I didn't realize until I started learning more about ADHD, how like how big the correlation is between people with ADHD and how emotionally sensitive a lot of people tend to be, which mm -hmm. I mean, pros and cons. I mean, like right, even, right. I mean, for me personally, that's something I really relate to. I mean, my parents still, well, my dad um, still gives me kind of a hard time about this to this day, but like whenever like, um, like I was not a talk back kid at all. Like I was very much like, you know, follower. I was very much a rule follower. I loved following rules. Um, uh, my brother still rule follower, but he always has just had a little bit more spite in him. I think uh -huh, than uh -huh, I have. Uh -huh. and so, you know, when my parents, and my brother like get in arguments, it was like, I like could not be around it. Like I would always like go and like lock myself in my room and like cry and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, like, 
it's one of those things where it's like, okay, in hindsight, like, you know, it's not that deep. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of funny. That's, again, one of those things that I look back on and I was like, oh. Yeah. Very sensitive. Very connected heart to heart. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, as a, I guess kind of like as an adult now knowing that, you know, I don't know. I like to think that can be your superpower rather than a challenge because you are very empathetic um, and very connected to others. And sometimes it's interesting because a lot of times one of the things we work on with kids at the camp and kids I know is their social skills Mm -hmm. and being able to um, read some social skills, maybe read the room because you may say to the kids, hey, be good. But that's Mm -hmm. too broad, too general. Like they desperately want to be good. They just don't have maybe the tools in their, their toolbox to follow the rules that are set in a yeah. classroom that's not focused on somebody who's got some ADD. So right. but, it's like they have that need and that, that really innate yeah. desire to do the thing that, you know, the adults kind of like want them to be doing, but right. it's like, they just don't know like what exactly that thing there. needs to be. Yeah. 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 For sure. That makes so much For sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so another kind of question I had, so this is kind of going to be a bit of a rambly question so stick with me, but I know a lot of people kind of have different thoughts on, I guess, sort of the word they use to describe ADHD, like Mm -hmm. describing it either a disorder or a disability or Mm -hmm. a condition, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, I was curious if like you, A, kind of had thoughts on this and B, if you've noticed that there's maybe one word that kind of tends to be the most widely accepted or like widely preferred descriptor of ADHD? Yeah. And I think that was a great question because I think that's the pendulum always swings, whether you're in, um, you know, for labeling and things like that. Um, uh, Like we, we definitely would say somebody is not um, a a learning disabled child. You might say the child who has some learning disabilities, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're a person first and the secondary piece is maybe what they're challenged with. So for me personally, what I, as I thought about that question, um, I, I think I kept coming back to um, challenging gift. Yeah. And I think I like that because mm-hmm. to me it encompasses yeah. both challenging gift and challenging in the way that it's not an easy road to hoe. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just very hard to navigate those waters. Um, and, it, and I found something interesting I'll share with you later about, um, and it's an old article about people who have to, to deal with you know, understanding this about them as a, as a person and their self-esteem and everything. And I think understanding and not seeing it as a, a disability, I don't like that word, um, mm-hmm. understanding it as, okay, it's a gift. It is yeah. a gift and you have to change the narrative. So you're, um, and, and it depends on the people around you too, you know, your teachers, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your coworkers, um, you know, everybody's got something that they're great at and something that they're working on, but you just have to uh, embrace it, I think, as the gift that it is. And the challenging um, qualifier for that to me is just that it's just like you said earlier, it's it's a definition. You know, it, it's well, to me, Dr. Manos used to say it's like climbing a mountain and yeah. you just have to fall in love with climbing because this is your journey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is such a cool perspective that I haven't heard before. I've never heard that term challenging gift, I guess, used before, but I really like that. I think it really wraps up 
I mean, I know every, everybody obviously feels very different about it, but mm -hmm. I think, you know, personally, it's like, yeah, I, I do kind of like think of certain aspects, not all of them, <laughs> but certain right? aspects of my ADHD as, as a gift, you know, like, kind of like you said, I feel like I tend to be very, again, I feel like I like say this. I don't know. I feel weird talking about myself like this, but no, it's good. I, I think it helps other people define them their own selves, you know, yeah. when they listen to you. Yeah, but I I do think I tend to be obviously very sensitive to a my own emotions and then b what others are feeling. I mean, anybody yeah. who's know I a lot of people who have known me have, you know, said like they know like I feel th things very large. If yes, that very makes deeply. Sense. I love that yes. about you, and yeah. I do love that about you. And I think it helps you to connect with people because then people trust you because yeah. not only are you, you're seeing them for mm -hmm. their pain or for their struggle. And um, my feeling has always been you're a safe person then to trust with that, you yeah. know, and um, because you get it at a deep level, you know, right. and yeah. connecting with somebody at their heart to heart. And even at like a kind of like a more shallow level, like, you know, I worked in kind of like retail and kind of like service and stuff like that a lot. And, yeah. you know, like one of my favorite parts of, um, you know, like my job that I, I used to work at a candle store where people could come in and make their own candles and I would help oh, wow. them like create their own scented candles, like their own custom oh, wow. scent. So much fun. And I loved it because I loved building that relationship with, you know, people wow. I've never met before and yeah, very cool. talking to them. I'm also, I mean, I just, I never shut up. I'm super outgoing and extroverted. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a very well suited job for me. And, yeah. you know, and it had that creative bend to it. Yeah, exactly. It had that creative bend to it. And I liked that I was like, there's always something happening and I could always like be doing something like, especially with my hands. I'm a big fidgeter. Like I am always mm -hmm. wearing like a necklace or something or like rings or jewelry so I can kind of like mess with that. Yeah, um, yeah. as you so, think. So, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it's kind of like a little fidget toy. And, yeah. you know, so it's kind of like stuff like that, that like, yes, that is kind of a gift I feel like. And then, you know, you do have the other hand where it's like, okay, well, you know, this these are just like bills. At the end of the day, it's like bills have to be paid. The house needs to be clean. Right. Like. I need to feed myself, you know, it's like those right. like, little monotonous things where it's kind of like, oh my God, like this is yeah. the stuff that's like, uh, you know, the challenging Prior part of the game. Prioritizing, gift. you know, right. getting it done in a Exactly, like organizing priorities. Yeah, yeah, exactly, all that stuff. So yep. that's yep. such a cool descriptor of it. I love that. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> What's one thing you wish more people knew about ADHD? Well, I wish there was, I, I really, let me tell you this. It's so interesting. Is back in the day when I was, you know, doing my masters and stuff, there was something really hot on the market about um, helping people understand dyslexia, right? Yeah. And you know, having you, you know, putting yourself in the shoes of someone who's dyslexic. Look, and that's easy to do. Looking at a piece of paper where the writing is different than somebody who's not dyslexic. Mm -hmm. But I was always fascinated with that concept, and it was something. Um, you know, Dr. Manos and I tossed around, and I think, you know, other people have tossed around too, like, if, is there some kind of simulation you can put people in to have somebody in your shoes to understand you? You know, a, 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 someone you're in a relationship with, or a sibling, or a family member, or a teacher. Would I think teachers 
it would be so interesting to put yourself in that in, in a position where you understand the AD, ADD mind. Um, I know one example was, you know, it's almost like going in a Best Buy and seeing the wall of TVs, you yeah. know, where you're like, oh, where's my attention going to go now? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I like that. part of it. And I'm always like, yeah, that's that's it. You know, that's part of it. You know, just, just part of it. But like having something to sort of help you understand maybe that social emotional piece or right. whatever I think. I wish people um, knew more of putting yourself in the shoes of somebody. Good, bad, and ugly. I mean, I also often think of like, um, you know that movie Apollo 13, mm-hmm. where they the guys are, you know, Tom Hanks and the other guys are stuck up and they need to find a way home because they need the oxygen. Mm-hmm. And I love the scene where they, are back at NASA and they dump all of the things on the table in a room with all of these smart engineers and are like, okay, this is what's on the spaceship. Yeah. We need to figure out how to get this into this using this, you know? And (laughs) I always feel like the ADD person in the room has got this, you know, like they're going to be like, all right, bring it on. Give me a problem that I need to solve. And, um, and that those people are so necessary for helping our world be better, you know, because they're going to look at it from a different perspective and not be that linear thinker where, yeah. oh, the square has to go into the square peg and the square hole. You know what I mean? Like, right. no, you know, so I just wish people knew that more. And I also wish people who have ADD and ADHD would, um, the earlier I feel like you can understand that about yourself it is better. You know, and I know um, sometimes people don't get diagnosed until they're older. And then sometimes kids, parents know, but then parents don't want to even tell their kid, hey, this is what's going on with your your brain and your Mm. and um, and there's there are a lot of great resources out there like children's books that help you understand. I have some of them just just to really put it into a perspective, because I think the earlier you know that about yourself, the better your self-esteem will be. Yeah. Um, and you're going to see it as, okay, this is an is rather than what's wrong with me. You right. Know? It's just a part of the fabric of your being. So. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that's something that my mom and I have kind of talked about. There are, I think I may have mentioned this in past episodes of this, um, but that's something my mom and I have talked about where we've kind of, been like you know what would I have like accomplished if I had known this earlier right because you know it's one of those things where before kind of getting diagnosed like I was getting by like I was you know more than getting by yeah like I was yeah I was doing okay you know absolutely um but it was hard yeah it was a lot harder than it needed to be and as a result there are a lot of things that I kind of you know, tapped out early on because yeah, missed out on right exactly, yeah. and that's yeah. and that was also in itself, I think, a symptom because I know for me personally, like following through with projects when they get difficult is like, you know, I like one of the ways in which my executive function is not there is mm. that resiliency to continue with projects when they start to get challenging. Like I'm very right. much one of those people where it's like. If it doesn't come naturally to me immediately, I want nothing to do with it, right, um, right, which is right. not, you know, we're But not you know healthy, that now good. about yourself, and so right. have you changed that? Do you have advice for how to deal with what some people might call kind of like ADHD naysayers who mm-hmm. might kind of like just have certain misconceptions about ADHD or, you know, kind of like see yeah. it as something that you just need to push through as one example or other things like that. Oh, I you know. mean, if like so other people say to you, hey, just figure it out or push yeah, through like it. Yeah, like the idea of like just kind of figure, 
-hmm. yeah like the idea of just kind of figure it out or people who maybe don't fully understand the idea of kind of like uh, how like the, how important the role of medication is in ADHD I know mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. especially with a lot of you know stimulant drugs there's kind of a negative perception around that do you kind of right. I guess have you figured out I guess kind of like any advice for how to maybe sort of yeah. address that yeah I know what you're saying you're saying a couple different things actually because I mean, my first thought when you first start talking is how do you help the naysayers or the people not understand? And I mean, it's always going to be the same thing. I think educating people, giving examples, um, specific stories, you know, are, are good. And then I understand, you know, from a teacher perspective, you know, as I talk to a lot of parents who are having kids figure it out and what do you do? And um, I get it. There's just like anything, there's medication or not are you where are you on this on this continuum mild moderate or severe uh, do you have the impulsivity piece do you have the hyperactive piece there's a lot of factors and there's medication choices out there and figuring out the right medication without side effects that are going to be detrimental and the right dosage is is a, is a, a dance you know and um, it's it you have to go into it um, with the idea that it's kind of a hit or miss in a way and it's also going to be once you feel like you've figured it out it will change again because yeah. your body's changing and your situations in life are changing and things like that yeah um and as as we talked about before too it's not just the medication that's um the be end all of everything it is the a part of it mm -hmm. um it's a piece in your toolbox there and the other more even i would say even more valuable piece is is being able to talk to somebody about it mm -hmm. and a behavior therapy kind of thing where you know i could give you a pill to be better focused but it's not going to help you be better organized unless right. i teach you some skills so you and and um research shows that that's the more successful route for sure yeah. and so the, then when it comes to the medication piece i know a lot of parents who are just don't want to hear it and it's automatically resistant and the good thing about stimulants is that they are in your system for a short time not like medication for anxiety um, or de depression where you have to kind of ramp it up and then ramp it down and and so the the best advice i can give people in that in that journey is to have a journal not just you personally but the people around you mm -hmm. and so you if you start taking a medication try it for two weeks try it for a week uh try it for a month whatever seems to be the right fit for you but but write down are and then look at it later on how's it going what was hard what was better just writing down like a free um conscious thoughts and then comparing that and go okay this is how it went with me on medication. Okay, great. Well, it was great here, here, not so great, or here, no change. And then you kind of have to weigh the pros and cons. So was it so much better? Um, then maybe I keep going down that path. Or was it so not not great or really no change? Then you know, then you have some answers. My feeling has always been that there's the great unknown. And unless you kind of, this is what's an advantage of this stimulant under under a doctor's care, if you try it out and then you'll know otherwise there's always the wondering and um and the frustration when then then i've had people on the other end go wow why didn't i do this earlier oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. what was my worry you know and it's made my life so much better my relationships better things easier for me i'm now able to do more that i enjoy and get more accomplished mm -hmm. and i feel better about myself yeah absolutely and it's, it's worth it I mean, I know for me personally, when I started taking the medication that I'm on now, it was like 
night and day seriously i mean almost after immediately ellie um not almost immediately because there were a okay. couple of days yep. where it was in my system and i just kind of felt like wired all the time yeah. like i had too much coffee like i had to i was a huge you know i was that person you know well that's like self-medicating oh yeah no i was totally doing yeah. the whole caffeine self-medicating thing sure. i had to completely yep, cut cool. caffeine out for a month or so while my body was kind of getting adjusted to the stimulant because yeah, it was yeah. like it was too much, you know? And then sure. even now, like, I can't, you know, I would usually always just have, like, a cup of coffee in the morning, like, as soon as I woke up, because that was, like, the thing I needed to just stay moving. Mm -hmm. um, and I wouldn't even, like, necessarily feel energized. It was just one of those things where it was, like, if I didn't have it, I felt like crap all day. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, now it's kind of one of those things where even then, it's, like, I get, like, one cup of coffee, like, mid-morning, early afternoon, and then I'm just, like, done done yeah. for the day set for the yeah. day I can't do any more than that kind of a right, thing so, right right um but you know there are a couple of days where it was definitely a little like oh my god like this is like it's just you know kind of felt like I was a little over caffeinated but now that I'm you know kind of like fully sort of like kind of like mellowed out on it not like mellowed out but you know like but my you're used to it, to it it's found a, a yeah. sweet spot you mm -hmm. feel you feel like it's better for you yeah definitely yeah Absolutely. And, mm. you know, it's That's just great. kind of crazy. Yeah. Like I yeah. kind of, you know, I remember a few weeks or so after I got, like, after I kind of like got on it, I like called my mom and I was like almost in tears. Cause I was like, I feel like me again, mm. like, you know, wow. and it was That's powerful. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was kind of crazy. Cause I had also been on, I kind of thought what I was dealing with anxiety and depression before mm -hmm. ADHD. And so I mm -hmm. think part of it was I was just on the wrong medication. And I think sure. it was kind of like, A, not really helping. And in hindsight, I do almost wonder if it was like making me a little bit more like groggy than. Yes, yes. So. Yeah. Um, it's so important to find yeah. the right diagnosis. Yeah, and, absolutely, absolutely. And also for, for people to be self-advocates, you know, if something doesn't feel right, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. It's sometimes hard. You don't know what you don't know. It's like somebody who's putting on glasses. You know, you don't know. Yeah. You can't see until you put the glasses on, and you're like, "Wow, I, c I can see so much better." Exactly. Everybody else is seeing. I didn't know everybody else was seeing this way. You know. Yeah. But it is. It is so hard, and I think it's especially more challenging to diagnose diagnose uh, girls uh, because yeah. a lot of times it happens inside them. Mm -hmm. You know, rather than it's very much like the inattentive yes, rather than yes. the hyperactive. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And then absolutely. you don't, like you said, you don't know. It's, it's sort of like, um, spaghetti, you know, everything is kind of intertwined and figuring out, you know, it's like pickup sticks. What, what, mm -hmm. what is going to connect to the other, you know? Right. And what's really the one that you want to follow to figure out. So, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, do you have, I guess, kind of any kinds of advice for people who, might be struggling with low self-esteem or yeah. feelings of inadequacy because of their ADHD or yeah, maybe like, you know, kind of struggling to see the bright side. Oh yeah. It. Actually, I found the perfect thing that I wanted to share with you. And I mean this, I mean, I don't even know if I should tell you how old this is that I saved it, <laughs> but it is, I love it so much because it is so, it's just the thing that I feel like has stood the test of time. Some of these mm -hmm. comments. And so these were sort of uh, the title of this article was like the many faces of ADD um, and there's just a couple of quick blurbs I wanted to read that were people's quotes about their personal experience, and I think it really speaks to their self-esteem, so I'll just share a couple of them with you if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. 
So this girl at the time, her name was Jackie. She was 38 years old, a legal assistant, and she said she was diagnosed at the age of 32. And on, on growing up with an undiagnosed ADHD, she said, most of my frustrations had to do with being misunderstood and not understanding myself the way that ADHD affects me. Um, and, it, you know, she does take some medication and it really helps her to focus and concentrate. She said, the effect is subtle. It slows me down to a degree and it takes some of the edge off, but just enough for me to kind of stay focused and, and, and be on task better, you know. Um, and she's learned then, I think just recognizing that there's something not wrong with you. It's just, you have, you go, oh, that's, that makes sense. And then I can handle it, you know, yeah. and then you, you figure it out. Um, this person said, I was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 32 and only now do I feel good about who I am and how my mind is wired. If I had been diagnosed in childhood instead of in my thirties, I probably would not have spent nearly as much time desperately wishing I was somebody else, you know? Um, and then they went on to say there's several wonderful ADD traits, the energy, creativity, sense of humor that comes along with being ADHD. I would not trade places with any non-ADD or even if I could because of those three traits alone. I think that's interesting too. Once, um, once the journey becomes a little bit more manageable and you understand the journey, I think most people I've talked to would say, you know what, I, I wouldn't trade it now, yeah. you know? Um, I don't know if that's how you feel. Yeah, I kind of feel that way. I mean, again, now that it's, I understand it and I'm managing it and I'm, you know, that I'm like, you know, treating it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it is a lot easier to appreciate this and yeah. to appreciate the way my brain works a lot more than I used to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so good. I mean, this person, this was a good one. This one said, I work in a very busy office handling multiple tasks. So having lots of energy makes my job a lot easier. On the other hand, sometimes even now I miss details and I have a hard time keeping to one task. But at least now I can recognize these traits for what they are and take steps to minimize them. Mm -hmm. I can multitask like a champ, but sometimes I can't get out of that mode when I really should. So it's difficult for me to attend to one thing at a time. Every task seems to take on equal urgency, and I often have difficulty instinctively separating the urgent from the merely important and to prioritize. On the upside, having ADHD also helps me to look at problems from a unique angle. I can visualize solutions. I think that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and many others haven't even thought of. Um, and this person said, you know, my current job's really not really well suited for me, but it's helped me to learn how to be better, how to pay attention to details and plan my activities. Um, and then I'm going to apply those to other areas in my life. And then um, this one actually talks right about self-esteem. It says, for years, my self-esteem was so poor that I constantly undershot my goals. And to this day, I'm still making up for that. I'm trying to work through it by giving myself credit for my strong points and trying to find useful outlets for my interests. I'm trying to maximize my strengths and minimize the weaknesses as much as possible. Um, and really just trying not to be hard on myself. And I finally come to accept both the good and not so good parts of being ADHD. And I'm learning to cherish all of them, or at least accept the ones that sometimes present me with difficulty. I imagine I'll be working on much of this for the rest of my life. I thought that was good. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like all of us, our self-esteem is sometimes wrapped up in how others see us um, more than sometimes how we 
see ourselves, you know, we're mm -hmm. looking through their lenses and I think just, you know, information is powerful and that's what you're doing here, you know, giving people, putting, helping people to be in another person's shoes and really, you know, looking at things from another perspective. I mean, I think it's hard for, you know, I'm a teacher um, and I think um, I love what I have with my students to be creative and talented and I'm always amazed when um, I, I may, you know, I've been doing something maybe a couple times, more than many, many times and then I'll still be amazed by that kid in my class who goes, well, how about this? And I'm like, I did not even think of that. I yeah. love that, you know? <laughs> and um, that's, that's the joy, that's the gift. You know. Yeah. So. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, those are such good, like little kind of like feel good testimonies. Oh, good. Loved. <laughs> Love ending things on a high note. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Embrace your gifts. Embrace your gifts. <laughs> Karen, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk. Thank you. It's been so awesome to talk to you. This has been such a great interview. Yeah, thank really you, really. It was really fun for me because this is a. Um, I guess a hat I wear a lot every day, but also a hat that I don't get to focus on as much yeah. sometimes. And so it was, thank you for bringing me back to my roots of passion. So of course, this absolutely. Thank you. So excited so to be welcome. part of this. Thank you so much to Karen for taking the time out of her day to hop on Zoom with me for an hour and let her, me badger her with questions. If you want to look into more of her work, I will be linking some of those resources in the show notes along with all the other references I used in my research at the beginning of the episode. And before this ends, I do have a couple of key points that I want to restate that I think are some of the best things to take away from my conversation with Karen. Uh, ADHD is a challenging gift. It's like, yeah, my brain moves at lightning fast speeds and I am much more in tune with the world around me than others, but that doesn't really do me much good if I forget a doctor's appointment, does it? So, you know, kind of seeing and appreciating both sides of it. Additionally, she said that the earlier you can start to understand this disorder, if you or a loved one have it, the better. Because at the end of the day, how are you going to fix a problem if you don't even understand it? And finally, I want to thank the usual suspects for your contributions. Noah Brant Langford Lessonberry for the Messy Brain Club music. Also, if you do want to find more of Karen's work, feel free to check out attitudemag.com. Uh, she also gave me her email address to share, and you can find that in the show notes along with a few other resources that I found. For more information about the Messy Brain Club and to stay updated on the whereabouts of the pod, you can follow at Messy Brain Club on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and at The Messy Brain Club on TikTok. Stay messy.